Hello, I'm Alex Mansfield, the host of Manny Talk Shooting, and welcome to another episode. This is the shooting podcast where I talk to individuals all across the shooting industry. We'll talk competition, self-defense, concealed carry. If you like this content, check out our YouTube channel, Manny Talk Shooting. And without further ado, let's get to this episode. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Manny Talk Shooting, the shooting podcast that I talk to people on the internet. And it's going to be a great one today. But first, let's talk about today's title sponsor of the podcast, the best title sponsor of this podcast, Go Fast, Don't Suck. They're the only title sponsor, so you're going to live with them. Anyway, dry fire targets, match banners, match jerseys if you want them. They're awesome and breathable and comfy. Go check them out. Go get some memes on Go Fast, Don't Suck on Instagram because you know you want to feel bad but feel good at the same time by laughing. Um, I don't know. You choose you. Tell them Manny sent you. Move on with your day. Without further ado, let's get back to a blast from the past. The guy who was on episode eight originally, Mr. AJ Zito. AJ, how you doing, sir? Hey, what's up, dude? Good to be back. It's good to have you back. It's been a long time coming, honestly, because we've been talking about this for a while. And I know. You know, it's just kind of one of those things. You chit-chat every once in a while, and then it's like, goes dead. But it's okay, because we're all busy people. <laughs> and you are far busier than me, sir, because I don't know how... How Honestly, that's probably the better question. How many weekends are you home in a year? Oh my gosh. Um, so last year, 2022 weekends, I may have been home like five, I think the whole year. Um, so yeah, not a lot this year. I'm going to be, I'm going to be home a lot more, uh, cause I'm trying to do a lot more in the shop this year. So, uh, it'll be a little, a little more for forgiving, I guess, but, uh, <laughs> I just won't be on the road as much. So right now, I think I'm only slated to be on the road hmm, 20 weekends right now, 20 mm-hmm. weekends for this year. Yep. And luckily, I know that's not just AI and you're actually going on the road with your own classes this year, which is. <laughs> that is that is correct. Uh, right now, 14 or 15 of those are uh, my my stuff. Uh, and the other four or five are um, either AIing or or some joint stuff or other obligations. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, that's pretty awesome. But yeah, so for any listener who's new to the podcast, you're gonna need to go back and listen to the episode with AJ Zito. We go all about his past. We might talk a little bit about it now here, guys. But you'll really have to go into that deep dive. It was a great conversation. Um. I wanted to bring AJ on because things have changed. I mean, we haven't talked in a while and he's a good guy <laughs> and he's like the most tactical dude, but not a tactical dude. Cause he still shoots competition, right? How many <laughs> matches did you yep. get to in 22? Ah, <laughs> oh, man, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> um, so unfortunately because of the training schedule last year, I shot through, I think three matches one of which was nationals <laughs> and two local matches. Um, so that's all I ended up in last year, unfortunately. So, but more things that are changing this year because man, do I <laughs> miss shooting matches. It is bad. Yeah, I, I can see that. And uh, it definitely, they're, they're so fun. I mean, even the local, the local matches are fun, the major matches. Cause you got to go to what? You got to go Western state single stack. Yep, that's 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 super early in the year, isn't that coming up pretty soon? Yeah, uh, normally that that's gonna fall somewhere February first weekend of March. Normally it's like the last weekend of February or somewhere in there. 
Um, you know, but it, it's bounced around a, a few times the last couple of years because the change in venue. Um, one year, was it three years ago? Maybe four years ago, it was in California, um, which <laughs> that, that was a, a trip out there. Um, and then it moved back to uh, Rio Salado and, and they've had some other stuff go on the last couple of years. But uh, I, unfortunately, I'm not going to make it to that one this year uh because of the schedule <laughs> so. darn it beverly <laughs> yep yep so uh but that one's all right actually i think that one i'm teaching uh one of my classes and we scheduled it over a year ago so uh you know i get i can't complain but uh, mm-hmm. i do love that match um so next year 2024 there you go <laughs> there's there's always next year right so, right. um, so primarily when you're still going to like teach a class or you're going, you're teaching, you know, you're AIing or you're teaching your own class, what's, what's your demo gun typically? Is it a single stack or is it a double stack? Oh man. So, okay. So re up until recently, uh, so basically at, at the change of 2022, 2023, um, I, I had two guns that I typically carried and, and demoed in classes, right? Um, so I had my my normal single stack, uh, which is, I'm sure many people have seen it. It's a stainless gun with the, the uh, you know, ivory-ish looking grips uh, with the red dot on it. Uh, that's the gun I, I pretty much do, did everything with. Um, you know, that's the, that's the gun I got my black belt patch with. That's the gun I got uh, the uh, black ant patch with from uh, Complete Combatant. I got my turbo pin with it. So I use that gun for like everything, right? Um, the other gun, I pretty much did all my demos and stuff with uh, last year and have been using it this year to teach as well is uh, it's actually an old STI Eagle. Um, for those that can remember when they made those, it was a, a five inch, nine millimeter gun, bushing gun, uh, 2011, uh, that I cut for a chambers plate, uh, and it's got a 509 T on it right now. Um, and it's, uh, got a Dawson light rail on it that I modified to put onto a double stack gun, uh, and running a, uh, X300 on that thing. So that's, a uh, the reason I've got that gun set up like that is, you know, with the, the duty rigs and all the law enforcement guys getting class, um, that just worked, <laughs> worked out better because frankly, it had enough bullets for me to demo with. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's, that's pretty much what I've been using those two. Um, and now, uh, because of, you know, what I'm planning on shooting this year and everything. I've also got a, uh, a couple of prodigies, Springfield prodigies, um, that you'll probably see me shooting part of this year, at least as well. And I'm assuming you've already looked through those guns and fixed most of the issues. Okay. So here's the deal. (laughs) I've got one that is completely untouched. It's Mm -hmm. completely untouched. Um, and then I have one that is definitely not untouched. Uh, it is, uh, I hate to say fixed, um, but yeah, uh, you know, I've, I've done a bit of a trigger job on it, fixed the extractor issues on it. 
Um, it's uh, a couple other things that are going in there. Um, probably it'll end up with some new parts here pretty soon as well. Uh, but that one's been worked over a fair mm-hmm. bit. Yeah, well, that's so, cool. yeah. at least at least you're a college educated gunsmith, though, so you you can do that, right? That's true. That's true. I can. I you, can. <laughs> you're just not a guy with a Dremel. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I I am definitely not. Though I do bring Dremels to class sometimes, so just in case, <laughs> right? Got to let me polish your feed ramp for you real quick, <laughs> <laughs> because that solves everything, bro. I I, I synced it. I seen to, the, the, the shinier the feed ramp, the better the gun works. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's how you avoid all malfunctions. Shiny mm-hmm. feed ramps. Yeah. <laughs> now, when you, I'm assuming with those prodigies, you're going to run the the Duramags only, or are you going to use your plethora of mags that you already have? No. So uh, part of part of the the testing protocol I'm trying to do is I'm going to run a bunch of different mags through it. Um, uh, I can tell you it so far really likes my uh gen one sti magazines and uh so far so good on my gen two sti magazines um not so bueno on the duramags uh so i may may keep one of those stock and i may uh tune one of them just to see if it's a fixable issue um but but yeah so i'm gonna run a bunch of different mags through it just to just to give her a plethora of of stuff so well that's cool uh, at least at least it's in some good hands right you know you're able to you're able to mess with it and diagnose it and you're not just like oh i don't know what's wrong with it it's a piece of junk <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly exactly well you know a problem without an answer isn't really helpful to anyone so uh uh you know i'd like to have number one hands-on experience with stuff instead of just you know someone telling me about you know the issues that maybe a platform has uh and then number two you know when i discover an issue i like to have an answer for it so when someone else has the issue i can be like oh yeah here's how i fixed it Ta-da. Mm-hmm. so yeah so throughout 2022 have your books your your custom books still been pretty much closed yeah yep so we are um at this point, 46 guns uh, deep right now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and based off the training schedule, that's a minimum of two years right now. Mm-hmm. That's probably a, uh, the, you know, you can expect me to take two years to get through that amount. So, mm-hmm. um, but I'm going to be spending a lot more time in the shop this year getting uh getting more guns out um because i have to uh, i yeah. want to you know uh i i i get asked all the time do you do you like gunsmithing and you know of course i love gunsmithing uh, i wish i had more time to do it so uh this mm-hmm. year i i made sure i made more time to do it so well, that's that is awesome i mean that's good yeah. to see um are most of those builds double stacks or are they mostly single stacks uh, you know, most of them are double stacks. Um, I'll tell you the most popular, the most popular kind of uh, uh, model ish, I will say that mm-hmm. I've I've got going on right now. Guys love the nine millimeter double stack guns. Um, kind of a hit or miss between, or not hit or miss, but a 
either or between commander length and full size length. Uh, but everyone wants nine mil, everyone wants double stack and everyone wants a dot. So, um, so yeah, that's probably the most prominent order I get right now. Yeah. Are you, um, are you still using plastic grips or are you gone to metal grips for most of your builds? Uh, so, so it, it's, uh, all based on what the customer wants. Um, you know, I'll, I'll put metal grips on, on a gun. I have no problem with that. Um, uh, it really just depends <laughs> what, mm-hmm. what anyone wants. Um, you know, on mine, I still have, uh, plastic grips on most of mine, just frankly, cause I haven't gotten around to putting metal grips on them and, you know, they're expensive, take some time to save up for that. And, uh, so yeah, but either, or, you know, I like them. I like them both. They both have benefits. Uh, you know, they both have weak points. So, uh, it's, it's whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I I do like the texture of a metal grip. It is quite interesting compared to like me. All right, I'll be honest. I went straight from a Glock to a 2011 open gun. It is quite the <laughs> learning curve, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's uh, man, that's that's like I don't, I don't even know how, how I can say that. That's like going from a uh, uh, God, from like a I don't know. What's a what's a really tiny car? <laughs> uh, what, like a Volt? Well, the the stupid what is that thing yeah. called? Yeah, we'll share with that Volt, the Volt, that little itty bitty car. It's super tiny. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Going from that to a Ferrari, man, it's a it's a not the same thing. At no, all. it's absolutely not the same thing. <laughs> I definitely have a lot of dry firing to do, and that's for sure. <laughs> well, good. yeah, especially if it keeps you engaged. Yeah, so. that that's for sure. But um, yeah, I'm excited about that though. But that that that's that's a fun little adventure down the road. Um, have you? I I, can't, I don't know if I've ever asked you. Have you actually built an open gun before? Oh yeah, sure, mm-hmm. sure. A lot of fun. A yeah. lot of fun. No, does uh, no one want to pay you to do that though? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> <It's> really expensive. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, and i get it you know part part of it's uh part of it's the time mm-hmm. you know they they don't want to wait uh two seasons before they can shoot it right mm-hmm. totally understand that you know that's one of the things i'm trying to work on uh in the next couple of years is have a few ready to go guns at all times mm-hmm. um but again that takes time and money and we're not, we're not quite there yet to where i can get those done uh, I got to take care of my backlog customers who have been super patient first mm-hmm. uh, before I start making those things available. So, um, but yeah, uh, open guns are a lot of fun, man. Um, you know, I think every uh, <laughs> every 1911 gunsmith, right, should should build at least one open gun in his life, right? And I mean a, a traditional open gun, you know, uh, commander length with you know uh, 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 you know long port comp frame mounted say or uh, frame mounted optic you know uh, slide racker the whole nine yards maybe not a thumb rest but uh, you know do the whole thing go to town on it and every every good 1911 smith should build a single stack 40 because uh, you're going to learn a lot from building those two different types of guns 
just as a smith and plus i mean you know the bad thing about building open guns is uh they're really fun to shoot mm-hmm. and you don't want to get rid of them once you're done exactly so, <laughs> uh but yeah yeah so yeah and uh now with now you've seen this because you do a lot of you were teaching a lot of le classes with you know scott and 40s kind of dead right yeah yeah so here's the thing right uh 40 in law enforcement is it is dead you know Mm -hmm. uh by no means is it dead in the competitive world i mean uh, at all because let's face it limited's a thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) so you know, and I don't, I don't see that going away anytime soon. Um, you know, major, major power factors, the thing. And if 40 gets you major power factor, then guys are going to continue to have 40 caliber guns built. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as, you know, the average, uh, you know, gun user, guy that goes to class, defensive side guys. Yeah, it's rare that I see 40 anymore. Mm-hmm. um so so yeah yeah now i just feel that it's gonna be so hard like in the next two to five years for even the competition guys to get 40 unless they're like using like a hundredth time reloaded 40 brass <laughs> yeah yeah i mean there's still a ton of 40 out there um on the shelves at least out by me there is um yeah i don't know I don't, I don't see anyone like Starline stopping making, you know, 40 brass because let's face it, they can just turn down their 10 mil brass and they'll call it good, even though it's not exactly the same, but, um, Mm -hmm. you know, they'll, I don't, I don't see it going away until, you know, maybe there was a a major change in the shooting sports. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, but other than that, yeah. Yeah. Um, but if anyone needs like 11 billion 40 casings, I got a guy and he's me. <laughs> he's like, I've got too many buckets full of 40. Yeah. Yeah. I will say the number, the, the largest uh, amount of casings I have are definitely in 40, uh, mm-hmm. but I shot 40 for years too. So, uh, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Now when, this year, well, 2022, were you able to actually go and take yourself to the range and go train at all? Or were you just so swamped with all the classes? Yeah, really, really rarely. Um, I, I did get to the range, um, you know, and sometimes uh, I would forgo shooting a match so that I could go and just practice. Um, uh, I did that a couple of times this year as well. Um, and then on the road, you know, there are multiple days, whether – you know, I was on the road with uh, with Scott or uh, with Tim Heron. You know, we might take a uh, uh, if we had like back to back classes, we would take that extra day and we'd go, you know, run a practice session uh, for ourselves and do some of that. But um, yeah, it's hard, man. Mm-hmm. It's hard. <laughs> so, you know, and I, I seem to have this curse of every time I come home and I'm like, all right gonna hit the range and it's like epic downpour or or snowstorm or some craziness that ends up happening and then i'm like well 
all right, dry fire it is. This is cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you find yourself doing a lot, uh, like most of your stuff from concealment still then? Yes. Uh, yeah, I do. And, you know, part, part of it is I, on the road, unless I'm teaching a com competition oriented type class, uh, I don't bring my, my competition rig with me. Um, uh, so the only rigs I typically have are my, you know, my AIW rig, uh, which I shoot most things out of, uh, or my, uh, ALS, Safari Land ALS, you know, uh, tactical rig <laughs> <laughs> um, that I teach out of uh, for for those classes um, so honestly I've, I've spent most of my time in my AIWB stuff mm -hmm. um, recently though uh, you know when one thing we've been doing Scott and I have been doing is uh, uh, he's been going you know when we teach the classes together he'll go from AIWB and I'll go from uh, my tactical rig uh so we can demo the different draws from each different rig mm -hmm. so i have actually been demoing out of that more than anything plus i've been trying to get another black belt patch and uh <laughs> i want to i want to get one from each of the different you know i've already got one from aiwb i want to get one from uh an als and i want to get one from a gamer rig so that i can just like check all the boxes so um mm -hmm. but yeah yeah, but for most other stuff, like when I teach with Tim, most of the stuff I I, I run AIWB. Mm -hmm. Has anyone actually gotten Scott's patch out of a gamer rig yet? Uh, BJ Norris uh, has gotten it from a gamer rig. I believe BJ got it from a gamer rig. I'm pretty sure. Mm -hmm. um, no one has gotten it from a level three retention yet. Um, so there's a couple of guys that are really close, mm -hmm. uh, and once they get out of their own heads, they'll probably be able to do it. But, um, so far, no. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, I think BJ's the only one, I think he shot it out of his gamer rig. Um, I could be wrong on that. Don't quote me on that. Um, uh, he would be the guy yeah. to do it though. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He's freaking absolutely. BJ Norris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um. Yeah. Now, what was that? Oh, now I lost my train of thought, but it's okay because I'm going to keep talking and there will be no silence. And you guys are going to love it. You're going to love it, guys. Um, <laughs> have you decided to uh, come up with your own uh, black belt standards? Well, I, wouldn't, I know you wouldn't call it a black belt standard, but your own curriculum standards to kind of push for like a patch or a pin? Yeah. Um, so I have some. Uh, they, they, I would call them in development. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I ran them last year as part of my uh, 1911 driver class. Um, and it's really what the class is based off of. Like if you if you look outside of, you know, the uh, the the technical stuff, all the shooting stuff is based around kind of these these core uh, core exercises um, I've got put together there. Um, and that that's what will encompass it. And uh, it's finding the right balance, um, honestly, between, uh, you know, time and, and uh, what, how, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, I think this would be a good standard. Oh, man, that's way too fast. No one can obtain that, you know. So I 
I send it to people like Tim and Scott and other people, or, Hey, shoot this and tell me what you get. And, uh, so still developing it. Um, you know, it's definitely not one, a, a set of drills that I'm like, okay, I shoot these four drills really well. So those are my, my standard now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, that, that's just not number one. That's not me. <laughs> number two, that, that doesn't mean anything. So it's, uh, um, but we're, we're working on them. I'm working on them. I'm, I don't know if I'll do a patch or a coin or something like that. Um, but something I'll do something. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully, hopefully those will be out this year, this be, year. Yeah. Well, speaking of the 1911 driver class, I, I kind of need to know what, like, what's the principle just running 1911s even better. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the 1911 driver class, and I'll tell you, man, the the naming of this class has been a nightmare since the day we released it. I so this class used to be uh, uh, the 1911 Craftsman class, right? And I had to change the name of it because everyone's like, "Man, how, what tools do I need for this uh, 1911 build builder class that's going to take two days?" And I'm like, "Wait, wait, wait! That's not that's not what's happening here." Uh, you know, so we changed it to 1911 driver, uh, which alleviated some of that, but even still I get all the time, like, Oh, sorry, man. All I have is a 2011. I can't come to your class. I'm like, Hey man, you know, a 1911 and a 2011 are the same thing, except one's a double stack. Right. (laughs) So, uh, uh, you can come to the class and even still they're like, Oh, I didn't realize that. So for everyone listening, if you have a 2011, you have a double stack. 1911 please come to my class we'll teach you that in the class too (laughs) i mean that's one of those face palm things though (laughs) (laughs) yep yep but it happens all the time happens all the time man Mm -hmm. um so yeah so this class um the best way i think i can describe the class is it is it's a combination of shooting and and actual wrenching on the guns um, or at least learning about the guns, uh, not to necessarily an armor level, but to what I consider like a, a suitable end user level. Um, you know, so there's a fair bit of shooting in the class. There's about a day and a half, I'll put it like this. There's like a day and a half of shooting. And with the day and a half of shooting, we're going we're gonna to shoot things that teach you about the 1911 or 2011 platform itself and maybe some of the major you know benefits of the system you know you know we're going to do accuracy work because let's face it there there ain't a gun out there that that comes close to the 1911's accuracy um handgun wise uh you know we're gonna we're gonna work speed right we're, we're gonna work some bullseye stuff we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do a bunch of different stuff we're gonna talk about safety manipulation and you know how to manipulate the thumb safeties talk about grip safeties why they exist you know all, all sorts of stuff like that um but we're gonna do that all in the context of shooting at a at a with a performance type of shooting in mind uh you know it's not tactical it's not competitive it's performance it's mm-hmm. uh you know it's 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 the balance of everything balance of speed and accuracy all the time um so and then the so that's about a day and a half of the class the other half day of the class is us really talking about the mechanics 
of the 1911 platform. You know, uh, one thing I discovered, um, especially with the, the amount of 2011 owners out there now, because the Cicado has just, you know, become so popular uh, now, um, people are really intimidated by the gun. Um, they're really intimidated about taking their 1911s and 2011s apart because they're afraid they're going to get it apart and then they'll have a bag of gun that they're going to need to call someone and try and figure out how to put back together. And uh, the 1911 is really a simple platform, but, but if you don't know what you're doing, it can be, you know, a little intimidating the first time. So uh, we're definitely going to, in the class, take the guns apart or take a gun apart. Mm. Right. And uh, talk about all the different ways uh, parts interact. We talk about how the triggers work, how the sears work, how the hammer works, why it works, why things exist, why the grip safety is there, why the thumb safety is there, um, how the gun actually functions and cycles. Uh, and then we're going to get into some stuff, uh, you know, that I think that you as an end user really need to know how to kind of do on your own. Uh, things like fitting an extractor, uh, tuning an extractor, um, fitting an ejector. You know, the number one part in a 1911 that breaks is the ejector. Um, and it happens all the time. Now, some I've, I'll never forget, I ran a gun for probably 30,000 rounds before I realized I had a broken ejector. And it wasn't even me that figured it out. It was the gunsmith that built it. He's like, how long's your ejector been broken? And I'm like, oh, I didn't know it was. He's like, well, it looks like a long time. I'm like, well, it hasn't had a problem yet. So uh, replace that ejector. And, you know, 10,000 rounds later, that ejector broke. So where did it, it's, where did it break? Uh, so the ejector, right? You have the, the nubbin <laughs> that the nubbin. comes up. The uh -huh. nubbin that <laughs> comes out, um, right? And just it just sheared off okay. at some point, right? Um, so for whatever reason, um, and, uh, that, you know, gun continued to run just fine for another 40,000 rounds after that. Uh, and I just never changed it. <laughs> um, so yeah, but things like that, uh, you, you just keep lubing about. it, right? Just keep lubing it, right? Yeah, it's fine. It's, it's fine. Yeah. It doesn't need to be clean. It just needs to be wet. It'll be fine. <laughs> exactly. So, That's how it works, yeah. right? It needs Pretty to be much. wet. Yep. So yeah. so yeah, that's the class in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. And how many classes have you? How many um, classes have you booked for that so far? I think I have ten on the schedule for this year so far. So is that class taking over your curriculum really instead of like the perfecto performance class then? Yeah, actually, I, I get way more requests for the nineteen eleven driver. Than I do the performance handgun uh, these days, which I mean, it, it's, it's cool. I, mm -hmm. I dig it. <laughs> Obviously, I love the platform. I would love to see, you know, mm -hmm. other people getting into performance and because I can get a little more deep divey in the performance handgun on um, some of the, the shooting mechanics and stuff. Uh, but I also love to deep dive on the 1911. So it's, it's, I can't be mad either way. Um, right. So, so let's face it. I am a 1911 guy. So. Right. It's, it's just part of your, but it's like, it's American of you to love the 1911. Yeah. Absolutely. Now I'm assuming 95 to 99% of your students are driving 2011s though. 
Yes. Yep, they sure are. Uh, I did not I did not foresee that when I, I started uh, offering this class again, right? So I used to offer this class as a 1911 end user class. It was in a completely different format. Uh, but when I, we restructured this and re-released it, I, I really thought I would, I would just, I'm, I knew I would see a couple of 2011s. I did mm-hmm. not realize that it would make up basically the entire makeup of the class. To this day, I've only had two single stack guns in the class. And uh, uh, one of them, both of them? One of them was in 45. I Maybe both of them were in 45. I can't remember. So, yeah. Yeah. Now I'm assuming with fixed rear sights and every, you know, and where they were now the worst part were they GI model 1911s? <laughs> they were they were not. They were not. No, one of them uh one of them was a single stack chambers gun, so I was happy about that. That's so a good gun. Out. Yep. Yep. It it was comped out. Uh that was in 9 mil. That was definitely in 9 mil. Uh great shooter behind it too. So he he knew what he had and he knew how to run it, uh which was great. Uh, but yeah, dot comp, uh, everything. The other one, I think was a rock Island. I think it was a rock Island and he only shot it for like one portion of the class and then it went away (laughs) (laughs) because things were happening. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh. Yeah, I think those were the only two that I can think of. Yep. So you so you're okay for open guns to show up to your class then? Totally. Oh, totally. Has, totally. Has, no one's brought a traditional open gun yet, but mm-hmm. I am all about it. I am all about it. I'll, I'll just um, have to tell everybody you better double plug because you're not used to this. That's right. Yep. Although the, the driver of the open gun doesn't understand. They don't they don't feel anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know what everyone's complaining about. It's fine back here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Now on any of your personal guns, have you actually like, you know, ported them yourself or tried to, you know Oh sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um so I for for four. 2018 2019 somewhere in there i kind of not went down a rabbit hole but i was really interested or intrigued by um uh porting and comping uh some guns right just to see the different things i could do with them and and and, uh you know i i did a lot of different port configurations did a lot of different comp configurations um and uh you know comps will always trump ports no matter what um it's just it's just the way it is the way the gas dump works it's it's just a way more efficient system um but honestly at the end of the day i i i'm not a huge fan of comps or ports on my handguns Mm-hmm. Um, I, I much prefer the, the feel and the cycling and, and the functionality of a, uh, five inch full size gun, uh, over anything I have ported or, or, or comped. So, 
Um, and I understand that I'm like a minority in that, and that's cool. Uh, it, it, you, you run what you want to run. Uh, but for me, you know, the, the, the way a five inch gun, especially a nine mil five inch gun cycles is just, uh, it doesn't get much more awesome than that in my opinion. So thanks everybody for stopping in the middle of this awesome conversation with Mr. AJ Zidio of practical performance. But anyway, Let's run through the sponsors again because we got to show them some love because we all love them. Anyway, title sponsor of the podcast, the best, the banner maker, the, the jersey making man with the hats and the cool memes. Go fast, don't suck. Check them out. Go fast, don't suck.net. Really tell them Manny sent you in the comments, guys. See how that goes. Hunter's HD Gold, um, best eyewear on the planet. So go check them out. Brian's a hardworking man in the sport. Hunter'sHDGold.com. Uh, don't forget, run over to dominatedefense.com and use Manny Talks 10 for 10% off your Mach 1 speed belt combo. When you order it there, use Manny Talks 10 to get 10% off. Follow that up by going to DivTech or DivTechShop.com and use code Manny Talk Shooting for 10% off your whole order. Usually it's going to save you some money on the best 3D printed magnet holders, magnet pouch thing. It holds your magnets, but anyway, it's awesome. Um, and mine's in high vis green now. It's freaking amazing. Anyways, don't forget, run over to laughandload.com. My friends Tony and Jackie's company, um, also the host of the Pew Time podcast. Go check them out. Manny Talk Shooting Official T-shirt. We've got awesome new merch coming down the line. Um, they've got some awesome AFT agent shirts. They've got their Open Division, um, Supreme Division shirts. Go check one of those out. But anyways, go grab a Manny Talk Shooting T-shirt. It's going to be fantastic. Um, don't forget, also, run over to rangepanda.com. Go check out Eric and Gianni's website. All the laser cut work stuff you need, awesome tumblers, all the 3D printed stuff for your press, optic covers to keep them safe in the, from the elements at a match. Go check them out. Great, honest shooters. They um, they love the sport. And they love making stuff that helps everybody out for a great price. So anyway, um, don't forget, um, Targets USA manufactures the finest steel targetry on the planet. I stay at Steve Anderson says it. It's awesome. Fantastic. Check them out, Targets USA. Don't forget this time, uh, Mr. Tim Heron of TimHeronShooting.com, the guy who got me on the map and on the planet of practical shooting, really. So check him out. Get in the class whenever you can uh, near you. Um, I know there's always classes everywhere, so get them. Check them out. Don't forget... The title sponsor of the 2023 Michigan sectional, um, Mr. Matt Cheely, Cheely Custom Gunworks. So run over to ccgunworks.com. Get the best 2011 parts for your next build. You know you want to tacticalize that staccato or that prodigy. So put a metal grip on it and be a man. That's where that meme pops across. Be a man. But anyway, so anyways, guys, those are the awesome sponsors of this podcast. I really appreciate all of them. Let's get back to the conversation with Mr. AJ Zito. So I've got to know this. What is your... Well, one, does an extended mag release belong on a 1911 or 2011? And if so, an ex- which one? An extended mag release? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so the extended mag releases, I have I have two that I really like. Uh, one is kind of the traditional uh, Wilson. Um, I really like the uh, Wilson mag release, uh, which is just a... a an extended, uh, an extended uh, mag release with a, a button on it, mm-hmm. right? Uh, which a wide button on it. And I've been putting those on my, you know, USPSA guns for years. Um, so those, that I'm a huge fan of. Um, and then uh, the other one I really like uh, is like the 10-8. The 108 kind of extended and flared mag release. Um, it's a good option for more of a tactical gun uh, for a guy that doesn't. 
you know, it has the length, but it doesn't have all the width. Uh, so, um, yeah, so it's, it's mm -hmm. a, it, it's a good kind of a tactical mag release, uh, 2011 wise, there's only, you know, two options in my mind. If you're running a gen one, um, grip module, it's, you know, Dawson a thousand percent all the way. Mm -hmm. Um, and now if you're running a gen two, the 10, eight is really the only game in town. Um, and it, it works great. So. Well, that's cool. Now I have to go look some more things about mag, mag releases now. <laughs> <laughs> but usually, you know, usually everyone's like, what, you know, what springs are you running? What, you know, blah, 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 you know, all the stupid, but it's always yep. now, um, I'm not, you might be able to answer this. Why did staccato decide to do polymer curved triggers in their staccatos? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know because it's cheap, honestly. Um, it, and they probably had 11 billion of them left over from the STIs. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I will say the thing, the thing about those curved polymers is they are made so far undersized that they will drop into anything mm -hmm. uh, and work, which is nice, which is nice. But um, uh, from a factory mentality um mm -hmm. they just look like garbage <laughs> mm -hmm. and i'm like when the staccatos rolled out like everyone was like they had their fancy glocks with their flat face triggers and it's like just get a plastic flat face like come on we, we, we don't need a machine it just cut it off right there yep 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 well it's not like they didn't have them you know that gunsmith blank has been out for 20 plus years at this point all you had to do was cut them back a little bit so they were like a medium length and everyone would have been happy but nope <laughs> nope mm -hmm. couldn't do it nope. now as you as a builder and a shooter what do you what what do you think on shock buffs in a gun nope no 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 garbage garbage so <laughs> i say that but that's the the tactical guy in in my head saying no uh i'll, I'll tell you this with shock buffs um for stroked open guns mm -hmm. uh they definitely have a place uh they do um for your typical 1911 user uh no it it's not it's not doing nearly what you think it's doing and it, it really it's just causing a mess and what most people don't understand about the shock buffs too is they think you can just throw it on your guide rod and like you're good to go um and that's not the case uh, unless your gun has been cut for a shock buff, like guns have to be cut for shock buffs. It's mm -hmm. not just like throw it on there because every time what you're doing is you're actually shortening the cycle of the slide by mm -hmm. doing that. Cause the dust cover ends up slamming into it. Well, really it slams in the guide rod, which blah, blah, blah. But uh, it, it, it causes some major issues. And you know, the big issue is for tactical guys that throw them in their guns, you may not have a gun that goes to slide lock anymore. Um, and, and that's not necessarily a good thing. Um, depends on your mentality. Uh, but I, it, it's not a great thing. Now, on some, like I said, stroked open guns that have been set up for them, uh, I do think they have a place. I do mm -hmm. think they have a place. You know, it definitely, especially shooting, uh, you know, some major, major power factor stuff. Uh, 38 super running really hot 
Um, I'm not going to talk about that other caliber. <laughs> God's uh, God's bastard, right? <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope, not talking about it. Uh, but <laughs> things that have lots of violence going into the uh, into the gun um, for a gun that's set up for it, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Can can make a lot of sense. Yeah. And I mean, I've heard the argument for and against shock buffs and it's, you know, it's always interesting to hear what people say. And um, yeah. And I didn't even know there was metal aluminum shock buffs. I didn't even yeah. know that. Yeah. I just thought Actually, they were blue and plastic. <laughs> <laughs> ah, see, that's the original shock buff, the mm-hmm. true shock buff. Yeah. There's a, uh, you know, I can remember guys um, talking about building them out of aluminum and then stacking them up uh you know like two or three of them in open guns back in the day uh there's yeah there's a bunch of different different styles and and densities and all sorts of stuff with shock buffs mm-hmm. oh yeah so that's always interesting to thing to look at i think but uh god no what is there there's there's so many cool things about the 1911 and 2011 platform besides that mags have come so far <laughs> mags have some co- so far i mean staccato's on the gen st well the sti gen 3 mag i call it the staccato mag right but they've got the mbx you've got the svs i feel like i flex on people because i have sv mags <laughs> oh oh look at you i got Mag. them on sale <laughs> 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 no no but uh that's what my builder recommended so i went out and bought them but yeah. uh but uh yeah, it, great tubes man great tubes yep but the nice thing i will say about mbx is though you can just you, you buy it you put it in the gun and it, it work you know it seems like to be no tuning for the most part let me put that asterisk uh, there at the end <laughs> yeah for for the most part for the most part um you know i uh as a guy who had to tune all his mags when i still ran uh stock <laughs> sti guns back in the day um you know the mags even being released from the staccato factory now the gen twos and the gen threes are just so just leaps and bounds ahead of what what the gen ones were and you know it's you talk to some of the guys back when the uh you know the the double stack frame was only built by mccormick mm-hmm. um you know i think it was hilton yam talking about uh him asking chip why why the mccormick mags worked and then the stis didn't and it was because they tuned all the mccormick mags in the shop before they left and sti just stopped doing that at some point in the you know in the 90s or whenever um but uh even as a gunsmith i despise a gun that requires magazines to be tuned i i hate it Um, I don't mind tuning magazines. I just think that's such a thing. Like I want to be able to buy a quality magazine, put it in my gun and go to work uh, instead of be like, well, now I got this $150 magazine that I have to go home and uh, spread the feed lips on and polish the inside of, and then deburr everything and then do all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, having a magazine like, you know, the gen three, staccatos or stis and the mbx's which are you know another huge step up or or the svs which are you know another huge step up um you know there's a lot of great options nowadays there's a few manufacturers out there that um 
I don't, I, I think they've kind of missed the mark on the magazine uh, 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 setup. Um, some newer, some older, uh, but if you stick to those three, they're, they're all quality, all mm -hmm. quality. Yeah. Now, are you now, are you a purist and only like, are you a double-sided safety guy or a single-sided safety guy? I'm a double. Yeah. I, I, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so, so many times where, you know, when I shoot support hand only, right. Or weak hand only, like I want to manipulate my thumb safety with my left hand. That's, mm -hmm. that's me. So, uh, yeah. I, and I've been, a honestly, except for my first 1911, every 1911 I have has been set up with ambi safeties. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And I push ambi safeties on guys, like, especially competitors. I don't know why you wouldn't have an ambi safety. Um, for the tactical guys, I don't know why you wouldn't have an ambi safety. I get that you think it makes you print more. It doesn't. It doesn't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, um, if you want to worry about printing, chop the bottom of your, your frame off and put a Chen Magwell on there because that's going to do way more to stop printing than, than thinning down your thumb safety. Um, you know, so stuff like that. And it's a great option to have, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. Now I have I, I have a few local buddies who are like, it digs into their hand too much and they just don't like it. So that's why they opt for single sides. But I mean, I guess that's user preference at that point, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I know guys, uh, you know, um, Jeremy Reed's a, a perfect example as a high level competitor and gunsmith. And he much prefers single sided safeties, if I recall correctly um to each his own you know uh but for me i i'm all about them i'm all about them i'm all about that ambi life so. right yeah and, and, and as you mentioned about grip chops i'm like i don't know why people will buy a glock 19x or a glock 45 and then chop it down to 19 length save yourself some money yep. <laughs> go yep. buy the 19 yep i mean yeah, I, it's... Who, who made that popular that had to have been, that was a costa thing wasn't it Oh no, well, well before. Uh, I think the first guy that did it, oh man, was Kelly McCann, I think. Um, I think he was the first guy to chop one down. And then some other guys followed behind him. Um, and they were chopping 17s down to 19 lengths and blah, blah, blah. And, and doing all sorts of stuff. And then uh, who was it? Someone else put like crazy stripper uh, grooves in it. Mm -hmm. and it just kept getting shorter and shorter and shorter. And yeah. Yep. Yeah. It just seems like a lot of extra polymer work to when you could go buy the gun that you really want. <laughs> yeah. Nowadays, like, I, I mean, are there really options out there that are like, have we not exacerbated all the options? What other options exist that are not being made right now to where we're chopping things? Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah. to each his own. Exactly. They're, they're polymer guns. They don't have souls. So yeah. you do what you want with them, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> now, have you have you seen that new Canic? The metal, the metal frame Canic now? Uh, I have not. I have not seen it. 
Um, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Yep. Going to be a lot of steel frame or at least metal frame guns this year getting released. Um, so that'll be cool. Be interesting to see where they all go. But let's face it, everyone just wants to be a 1911, so they should just be a 1911. Well, remember, <laughs> what, what's old is new again, right? So remember, it was at the right. 1911s, and then they went to the Plastic Fantastics, and now we're back to 1911, 2011s again. Um, someone's yep. going to make some Wonder Plastic Gun again. Um, double action, single action kind of will come back at some point. <laughs> and then right. we're going to have right. the, the triple stack 2011. It's, it's, <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay. Yeah, we're just gonna make it extra girthy. It's not already gir- girthy enough. <laughs> Need to make room for that extra, that extra stack. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, but I, I guess I should ask this because I—I mean, what's your, what's your preferred lube on on your 1911s? Yeah, man, I I have been a uh, Slip 2000 fan for 20 plus years at this point, I guess. Um, yeah, uh, on all my personal guns, they get slipped 2000, uh, extreme weapon lube. Uh, so they, uh, that's, that's where my money goes. Uh, honestly, there's so many great lubricants out there. The only thing I tell guys is if you grease your, your guns, you're an amateur, frankly, I, I don't, I don't, I don't care. I don't care who, who pushes grease or says grease is the way grease is garbage it's lapping compound stop putting it in your guns um that's how i get that rattle (laughs) yeah yeah because if it's loose it must run i mean the glock proved it (laughs) (laughs) yep yep yeah now i'm surprised you well have you gotten your hands on some gun butter (laughs) i have not I have not used the gun bunny. <laughs> get, oh man. That's like the new hotness now. It's like all over the internet. Gun butter this, gun butter that. Yep. Yep. And I'm sure I can cook with it and it, it'll smell wonderful and it'll do all this other stuff other than lubricate my firearm. <laughs> yeah. That that's probably true. But it's part it's like pink. I mean, it's kind of cool looking. Oh. <laughs> it's fancy. It looks like the that's blood of different. your enemies are in your gun. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So you said you've got a bajillion classes this coming year. Do you uh do you feel overwhelmed yet? <laughs> uh yes, I do. <laughs> no. No. Um you know, I'd still uh I'd still like to get a couple more classes uh of my classes on on the schedule for the year because really I'm just booked like halfway through the year right now. Um so I'd love to get a couple more, but I've got to, you know, I've definitely got like a hard cutoff um, because I, I need to get more shop time this year and I got to get back to competitive shooting. Um, I've been away from it way too long. And, you know, it's not like I completely stopped shooting it uh, like some other guys had, um, but I, I, I love competitive shooting. Uh, you know, I still have that drive. I want to make GM. Uh, I put a lot of weight in that. Um, and so that's still on my list and it's really hard to make GM when you don't shoot classifiers. So, uh, 
so that's uh, that's my focus this year. Unfortunately, this year, because of my teaching schedule, I won't be able to go to nationals. Um, yeah, so um, yeah, but that's okay. It is what it is. Maybe I need a year off anyways. The last two years have been pretty rough. Uh, it'll give me give me some time to reflect and uh, maybe shoot a new division this year. And uh, that might be exciting. We haven't even talked about that. I guess we should talk. Well, I know. I'll double I'll double back on that real quickly. But it okay. looks like from your schedule, it looks like a lot of your own class, some of your most of your own classes, which is awesome. But then there's a couple sprinkled in with Tim. Yep. Um, and then you're, you're going back down to where you going. Oh, you're going to Georgia to go see Brian, aren't you? The Quest. Yep. Yep. So uh, we've got the Quest in October, which is super cool. Uh that's a three-day format class. So uh, Scott uh, Jedlinski will teach day one. Brian uh, Hill will teach day two. And then this year, I'm teaching day three. Uh, last year, Tim Heron taught day three. So it's a it's a it's a cool thing. Um, you know, super super awesome time. Lots of sponsors are involved with it. Um, and it's, I mean, we sold out this year in two hours. So uh, it's, you know, and it's, it's an awesome time. So uh, I'm looking forward to that one for sure. That'll be so. awesome. That'll be awesome. But as we were talking about just a second ago, this new division <laughs> that'll probably come about limited optics provisional. Yep. Um, have you, have you, have you filled out your survey? I have not filled out my survey yet. I've not filled out my survey. You're in area two, so yeah, you're you're in Layton's yeah. area. Then you should even. Yep. Yeah, I don't. I, I guess my opinion on the whole matter is, yes, single action only 2011s, 1911s should be allowed to have red dots and not be an open. This is a known fact. I think we all can agree that action type doesn't really matter at this point. I agree, and I, I honestly say you you find a way to fit. This is my personal opinion. You can disagree or agree with me. I think we find a way to fit the 2011s into carry optics as it is, instead of putting them in their own. I mean, we can, you know, putting them in their own little hole. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, no, I totally agree, man. I honestly, uh, I would have loved to have just um, been able to shoot a single action gun in carry optics because that's all I was really looking for. Uh, was to be able to shoot my my 2011 honestly in um, in carry optics. Didn't mm -hmm. need a new division for it, um, but I'll I'll take it <laughs> if that's right. if that's what's going to get me shooting. Uh, you know, uh, shooting a 2011 with a dot on it without a comp and not being open and everything. Uh, uh, I'll I'll take what I can get. Um, but I I do agree. I would have been perfectly happy just being in carry optics um, and recognizing carry optics. You know, I don't, don't really care about the magwell uh, mm -hmm. stuff. So, okay. Now I can have it because it's limited rules. I'll be able to have a magwell. So I guess I'll throw a Dawson magwell on my gun. Uh, so I don't have to look at my gun ever again. And I'll just throw magazines from across the range into it. But I um, mean, right. They're just funnel. They're big old, the, the big old funnels of doom. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, like I said, I agree. I, I would have been perfectly happy with 
just allowing single actions in carry optics. And honestly, I was I was really looking forward to that uh, because carry optics is so big um, and there's so many people shooting it and there's so much data in there. It, it's nice to have all that data, that data rich environment to, uh, you know, to to see where you stack up. And mm-hmm. um, so, yeah. It'll be it'll be interesting to see where where it goes or what happens with it. Mm-hmm. But and I can understand why they make they're doing the limited optics provisional division because if they put it in the if they try to put it in carry optics, it'd take over a year to get it. It wouldn't be until January twenty four. So if you yeah. try it out at least if they approve the provisional, they can try it out, see what they say. I know there's a lot of member feedback to saying add it in the carry optics, make them fit. It's either you take you get rid of mat you either take the, the magwells off most 2011s but most of them are staccatos most of them don't have magwells i mean unless you spent you were splurgy and got the magwell version but uh right. <laughs> i mean really the only people you're going to be hurting is like the infinities the atlas guns you know the mpas that already have magwells on them i mean but here nor there or you just add magwells to regular carry optics guns because but i mean really was that one reload really matter to have a magwell or not well, and that's the thing like i i i couldn't care less if there was a magwell on it or or not with a double stack gun like cool have magwells mm-hmm. don't have magwells you want to give carry optics magwells Sh- sure mm-hmm. uh, okay you know um you know i'm still the guy that i loved carry optics when it first came out and it was you know production optics essentially that i i had so much fun shooting that you know, uh, 10 round mags and, and, and just going to town like with a production gun. But, um, you know, that's not the division anymore. So, uh, yeah, right. why, why not give them a mag? Well, or don't, I don't, eh. yeah, neither here nor there. Right. I just don't, I don't see the need to have slide rackers on them. Like I understand if you put it in the limited, you, get, you can have a slide racker, but honestly on a limited gun, I don't think you'd really need one. Like you just, do it, run it from the front. The only real purpose gun that needs a racker is an open gun because there's all this shit on the side of the gun. You got to grab yep. it somewhere. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, let's let's face it. The only reason to have a racker uh, on a limited gun is for easier table pickups because it's a kickstand. So uh... <laughs> I mean, you're not you're not wrong. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm I'm not about to go cut one into my gun. Which is funny. I literally just cut one into a customer's gun the other day. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm not about to go run out and cut one into my gun. But, you know, look how many limited guns out there today actually have them on them. You know, they don't. Mm-hmm. So, or at least very few do that I know of. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Meh. And you, and if you really wanted a thumb rest, you can put a shooting sports innovation slide stop thumb rest on them and you know yeah. like so you can have all your your doodads on them and <laughs> but i think i think it's gonna it'd be good a lot i don't necessarily know if it'd bring like the tack timmies into the sport but it would add an act a gun that people are like actually want to buy and go and compete with to give them somewhere to still play without being an open because yes open is a yeah. division anything can fit but not everything should be an open yeah. open guns are so- long and open yeah yeah listen man there is nothing more and as the guy that did it there is nothing more demoralizing than running a uh uh 
a gun that shouldn't be an open in open, uh, you know, running a single stack with a dot on it in open in minor, uh, mm-hmm. that hurts, that hurts a lot. Um, you know, so I, I like, I like giving people a place to, to shoot whatever, whatever they want and not be lumped in against guns that aren't even in their wheelhouse, you know? Yep. Um, so yeah, I, I agree. I I just I don't I I don't really care. I'll, I'll be honest with all my listeners. I don't really care. I'm going open. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I'm like y'all can do whatever you want. <laughs> I, I mean that's how I I mean yes whatever should be good for the sport. But I don't care. I'm going to go shoot open with major power factor. Just don't take my major power <laughs> factor away. That's all I want. <laughs> but uh oh uh, yeah but yeah um. Like I said, it should be cool. Um, they vote on here in a couple weeks. Probably by the time this comes out, they'll be voted by then, so we might know. Oh wow! Yeah, okay. So, so hopefully, they got their in-person board meeting down in Florida. Mm. Yeah, they get to go Florida. to Florida. Yeah, at least it's warm. Well, no, it's not even warm there. I had a friend who's no. there. He's like, it's like forty-two degrees here. I'm like, what? It's Florida. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Because <laughs> my buddy uh, lives in Michigan, goes on vacation, and then he's like, ugh gross yeah it's cold could be worse though but i can't really complain but um (laughs) but aj we're getting near our end of our time here it looks like but we've got a couple things still to go through um okay mostly importantly like i mean you're not you're not like a sponsored competitive shooter but i bet you have partners in this industry so this is the part where we can plug the partners here because we all can't do it alone (laughs) yeah absolutely Absolutely. Uh, so, uh, I guess technically I am sponsored by certain companies, though uh, it is more on the tactical side than it is the uh, the competitive side. Uh, so, um, all of my holsters uh, that that you see me shooting from are built by LAS Concealment. Uh, they're they're based out of Arizona. Um, and that's, uh, loaded in safe concealment, LAS concealment. Uh, and, uh, so I shoot their holsters. They are by far the best, uh, uh, production available holster for the 1911-2011 system, uh, especially appendix carry out there. Um, you know, I've been using, uh, Jeff Kwan's the guy that owns it. I've been using Jeff's holsters, uh, for several years, um, and they've they've just been they've been great. They are purpose built for the 1911 and 2011, uh, and that shows on them. So uh, so um, definitely support them if you shoot in 1911 or 2011, especially AIWB. That's the holster you want to get. Uh, my other uh, not really sponsors but partners, right? Obviously, uh, Scan One Armory. Um, who I shoot their, their ammunition. Uh, this past year, I shot uh, all factory ammunition from stand one. Uh, they're 145 grain chubbies. They're outstanding. Uh, and they make power factor. So uh, that's, <laughs> that's definitely a plus. Um, so them and then uh, uh, Paragon Weapon Light Cleaner. Uh, now, the cool thing about Paragon is they have a couple of different products out there. Uh, weapons light cleaner which is as someone who for years and years shot with a light on my gun 
uh, and then proceeded to, you know, use the number two pencil to try and get the carbon off the <laughs> eraser and then, and then, you know, a, a triple odd or quadruple odd um, steel wool. This stuff is amazing. You put a couple drops on your light. Um, you're supposed to wait like 30 seconds or you could not wait 30 seconds. You wipe it off and the carbon just comes right off your light. It's like you got a brand new light. Uh, so I use that stuff ever all the time all the time but the cool thing is they have an optics uh cleaner as well which is super awesome it's got a uh it's really does really well for cleaning the the glass on my optics uh it also has the byproduct of uh it kind of deters things from sticking to the optic uh which is super awesome huge fan of that that's paragon uh olc optic lens cleaner um which you can get from them. And uh, so those are, those are really my sponsors. I use all their stuff. Uh, you know, uh, I, it's not like, Hey, we're a random company. And we want, we want people to know us. It's products I had used for years and uh, you know, it just worked out and they said, Hey, we'd love for you to join our team. Okay. I'd love to do it. Um, so I, I, you know, I've used these products forever and, if I didn't use them, I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell people about them. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so that's all uh, I really have uh, as far as pistol uh, kind of stuff, uh, sponsorships go uh, and partners. Uh, I do have some training companies that I'm partnered with, obviously uh, modern samurai project for one uh, teaching uh, their weapon uh, or I'm sorry, their uh, uh, red dot, class as well as the AIWB class with uh, Scott Jedlinski. Uh, also Tim Heron shooting. Uh, Tim Heron and I teach uh, multiple joint classes. Uh, the uh, practice with purpose is our, our one day class as well as our train for mastery class, which is a two day version, which is all about uh, all the things you should be doing in practice in order to actually make gains and not necessarily shoot, you know, a million rounds every session and hope for the best. Uh, so it's kind of this, it's a, it's a scientific approach to, to shooting, uh, and practicing. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so those are all my partners. Those are all my training people and that's it. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, um, if I have a question about this Paragon now, um, yeah. With the optics cleaner, is it like an, does it also provide anti-fog or do you still need yep. to use CAC? Okay. So no need yep. to have two products then. All right. Nope. It's the only product you need. It, it also, uh, so I don't know quite how to describe it, but, uh, it, it almost creates like a film. So rain will not stick to it either. It kind of just beads off it as well, uh, which is really nice. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a great, great product. No need, no need to use any other product, uh, in conjunction with it. Well, that's pretty cool then. That is neat. I didn't know, and honestly, I knew they had the the weapon light cleaner. I didn't know they made an optics one. So, yep, yep, yeah. The optics, the optics cleaner is is super cool, um, especially if uh, you know you you happen to be a guy that uh, his his glass gets a little dirtier than some others because maybe you don't have the best barrel fit in the world. This thing cleans it right up, cleans it right up, or you're burning a lot of powder or a lot of unburned unburned powder. Mm -hmm. uh, so. So yeah, it's awesome. Mm -hmm. 
Well, that is awesome. Well, AJ, brother, thank you for coming on, dude. I, I always have fun when we chit chat, though. So it's always a good time. So it's uh, I'm glad you came back on and uh, we had some fun. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thanks for having me back. Uh, nope. it, it was an awesome time. I always love coming on. Uh, so I look forward to the next time for sure. Oh, yeah, we'll have to make it next time. But before, we get, we got to make sure we plug your social medias and where they can find you. <laughs> yes, thank you for remembering. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, as far as social media goes, uh, the easiest place to find me is probably on Instagram. Uh, and you can just put in practical underscore performance underscore org. It is the longest Instagram handle in existence. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, you can check that out. Find me there. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook, Practical Performance uh, uh, on there. Um, the thing we've tried to do this year as well, and uh, I've already got one thing on the way, but um, uh, we're revamping the YouTube channel. So you can go find uh, the Practical Performance uh, YouTube channel uh, back up. Uh, right now, there's just some old videos and then a, a basically a summation of what's to come in 2023 uh on there and then uh, you should see a new video on there pretty much weekly that's my goal so i'm going to try and have something new for everyone there sometimes it'll be shooting sometimes it'll be uh you know some 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 maintenance or gunsmithing stuff sometimes it'll be some dry fire stuff i don't know we'll, we'll see what ends up on there uh training tips all sorts of stuff um but uh, yeah, so check that out, uh, Practical Performance, and that's on uh, YouTube as well. Well, boom. There we go. Now go find AJ on the internet. Go follow him. Go sign up for a class. Maybe, maybe you can even get one hosted there, wherever you're at. So yeah, hit him up. Find, find Fit into his schedule because it's going to be worth it, guys. But AJ, brother, thanks for coming on again, dude. Um, and listeners, until next time, get out and do things, and I will see you on the next one.